0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. Welcome to Praying for America. Glad you could join us together with patriots and Christians from across the country. And we are moving forward, aren't we, to make America great, to keep America great to defend America First policies, to preserve the foundations of our nation in faith, justice, love, peace, and a respect for life. We are making progress. And I named tonight's episode Dream Come True because I want to share with you a little bit of an experience I had over the weekend in the great state of Texas. Uh, amazing things have been happening there for the defense of human life the defense of the most vulnerable who are the children in the womb and so many of you are committed to that cause along with me and our associates i want to start with the scriptures we'll go to uh paul's letter to the romans in chapter 5 starting with verse 12 we read this therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all men because all sinned for before the law was given sin was in the world but sin is not taken into account where there is no law. nevertheless death reigned from the time of adam to the time of moses even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did adam who was a pattern of the one to come. but the gift is not like the trespass. for if the many died by the trespass of the one man how much more did god's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man jesus christ overflow The many. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we are part of the new humanity, that we are part of the new man formed in Christ Jesus, that we are members and he is the head of the body, that we are branches on the true vine, that we indeed are living stones. In the temple. That as your apostle Paul reminds us, Christ Jesus is living in us. That as Jesus himself told us, he and the Father come and make their dwelling in us. And as he promised, the Spirit would also abide with us. Father, we are grateful for this, that by the obedience of Christ, the disobedience of Adam is canceled and that through the one who is the way the truth and the life the disobedience that brought about death and death itself are canceled we thank you Lord we praise you and we ask you that America may live out this truth may be guided by this new life may be renewed and saved by the fact that those of us who believe in you are doing our part for the transformation of this nation. We pray in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. All right. I want to show you two clips tonight relative to two recent news events, one of which comes out of Texas, has to do with the defense of life the other one of which has to do with the weaponization of the Department of Justice by the Biden administration, the Brandon administration, and how we obtained a victory recently, again, in the arena of pro-life. Many of you have followed the story. We've had the principal people involved in that story on this program in the past. So let's go first to the first item. So I was with Governor Greg Abbott uh, the other day in Texas. I was in Austin over the weekend. And the reason I was there is uh, that there was a March for Life there in Austin, and there was a conference put on by Texas Right to Life at which I was one of the speakers. In fact, I was with uh, uh, another pastor, and we were our presentation was in the form of a dialogue about involving the church in the defense of life and, in the, uh, and really in the saving of America and carrying out our duties, our Christian duties in the political realm. I want to share with you a moment in the rally. So we're out in front of the the Capitol there at um, in Austin. And Joe Poyman, Dr. Joe Poyman, who's the head of another statewide group, the Texas Alliance for Life, gave uh, his remarks. Now, I'm standing there and I'm hearing him say things that we've actually been saying for decades, but with one difference. Because for decades we've been talking about, you know, the abortion facilities that are operating every day and killing children every day. And we would talk about the need to close these facilities, close them forever. We'd be talking about marching for, praying for the babies in the womb, talking about protecting them talking about making the violence of abortion illegal again. And I hear these words coming from his mouth. And these are things, as I say, that we're very familiar with, except one big difference. We were talking about them being reality. We weren't talking about them as a goal. We were talking about them as an accomplishment. We weren't talking about the closing of abortion facilities as a mission of ours. We were talking about it as a mission accomplished. We weren't discussing the protection of babies as something that would be far off in the future. We were celebrating it as something that has happened now. Dream come true. Now, we've known this. This wasn't the first day that I, or you for that matter, heard that Babies are now protected in Texas in the womb, that the abortion mills have closed, that the abortions have stopped. This wasn't the first time we heard about that. What I'm sharing with you is that standing there on the soil of Texas and recognizing that this was the case brought it home with a new force, that we are living a dream come true. Now, in various other states, it's still a nightmare. Abortions are happening throughout birth. But so were they before. The fact of the matter is, progress is moving in the right direction. And now we've got over a dozen states that have implemented this protection of children in the womb, and abortion facilities have closed. Listen to Joe's remarks and share with me the the joy and gratitude, and we'll reflect a little bit on it uh, after we listen to him. Yeah. So, uh, just tell us what what does it feel
1: like right now? What are you feeling? Oh
0: man, just relief, uh, overjoyed, blessed. I'm uh, just uh, so grateful for the uh, the men that he surrounded me. It's Thomas Moore, Society, the best lawyer in the city of Philadelphia. My family. Uh, I'm I'm George Bailey today. George Bailey. I mean, oh, tell good. us. This has been a long trial. I mean, do you think we ever should have been here in the first place? As for them to answer. I, I would just say, you know, uh, just grateful for the justice that we, we feel finally served, so
1: thank you, yeah. So, Peter, yeah, sure. to ask you, yeah. I mean, uh, well, first say and tell your oh, full sure. name for uh, Peter Breen, B-R-E-E-N, Executive Vice President, Head of Litigation, Thomas Moore Society. Uh, from day one, this case uh, has been an intimidation tactic by the Biden Department of Justice. We've, uh, if we had put forward uh, very strong legal case, why it should have never reached trial. And then what the jury heard in there was was the factual case, why Mark is totally innocent of these these charges. This matter is one that never should have gotten the attention of the Department of Justice. Our hope here is that a message was sent to Washington, D.C. to stop this harassment of sidewalk counselors who are just trying to provide alternatives those who are facing an abortion decision uh, and I hope, again, this will be one of those uh, points where a change is made and so no one else will have to suffer the, uh, the same way that Mark and his family have had to suffer.
0: And I think this gets to the point that throughout the to- uh, throughout the case of Commissioner <coughs> McMonigo, you, you made the point that this, the federal government kept saying this isn't a First Amendment case but you were saying it is a First Amendment case and, you know, do you believe that the government
1: maybe have been trying to silence Sidewalk counsel or, or intimidation? And it, it does need to be said that Brian McMonagall is not merely the... Uh, we, we came into this trial knowing that he was the best criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia. He is one of the finest trial attorneys in the country. And He showed that during that this time uh, in front of this court and this jury. Uh, the fact that uh, you've got full jury about an hour ago and then within one hour they could come to a a verdict the way they did uh, is a testament frankly to his uh, legal skill and ability to clearly uh, lay things out for this jury. As well, uh, as Brian had pointed out, this was about the First Amendment in that Mark and every sidewalk counselor in this country has an equal right to be there on that sidewalk and offer assistance, offer alternatives to folks who otherwise may be uh, considering abortion. Uh, without those alternatives, you can't really say it's a decision at all. And so it was vital uh, to make that case to the jury, and in this particular uh, situation, uh, the, the abortion escort was very aggressive, had interfered with Mark's First Amendment right to uh, you know, offer that assistance, and did so immediately in front of a pregnancy resource center where they could have gone to get, uh, get resources, and they were, were frustrated by this very aggressive abortion escort, who was the complaining witness in this case.
0: You know, friends, two things go through my mind in experiences like this, and it was the experience I had on the day that the Dobbs decision came down, reversing Roe v. Wade. Number one is the fidelity of God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to your people, listening to their prayers, looking at their faith and confidence and trust in you that the victory would come about, sacrificing themselves by marching, voting, praying, lobbying, broadcasting, teaching, preaching, all the different things that people do to raise awareness about the need to protect the unborn, the faithfulness of God to his people has been manifest in these beautiful victories. And the second thing that's been manifest is the resilience of our American form of government, that we can actually correct errors like this, that we can turn the corner on big issues like this that we can win the resiliency of the american form of government that we can transition after being under a federal policy of a constitutional right to abortion for 50 years that in a day we can transition from that and well yes there will always be protests by those who disagree but in a peaceful transfer of policy we can move on as a nation this is this is, this is an awesome, awesome gift. So let's rejoice in that. Let's spread the word. Let's keep recommitting ourselves each day to protecting the unborn from abortion. Second thing that happened recently now, uh, we got Brandon in the White House, and this is really bad. Uh, it's really, really, really bad for America. It's bad for us. It's bad for the church. And friends, if we're not angry at what's going on, uh, with the this administration and with the Democrat Party. Um, something's wrong. You know, we're either not connected with our own emotions or our own humanity or our own reason, or we're not aware of the absolute destructive nature of this particular administration. Okay, so one of the things that's been happening, and we've been seeing this for years, you see the picture of of President Trump here in the back background because, you know, it reminds us the, the persecution that he has undergone uh, from the Democrats' fake investigations, weaponization of an otherwise legitimate set of processes, but turning them into instruments and weapons against one's political opponents. That's not why these instruments were given to us. The impeachment process used against President Trump twice, not in a legitimate way, in a weaponized way. We've got to understand what's happening here. The weaponization of the processes of government, we saw it unfold more recently in the FBI arriving at President Trump's house. Again, totally shameful exercise of weaponized uh, uh, government power. And the same FBI showing up at the house of a father, a husband, a pro-life Activist whom I've known for a long time, who's been on this program, Philadelphia area activist Mark Houck. You may have seen him on various news stories uh, in these recent days because the FBI swarmed on his house early one morning. Now, he had been praying outside of an abortion facility. A pro abortion protester got in his face, was aggressive towards him. He had his son there with him, one of his sons. And uh, the aggressive pro-abortion uh, uh, harassing guy uh, was not backing away. So Mark had to eventually go like this and keep him away from his, from his son. And the guy fell down. Now, the local authorities, this was reported to the local authorities, they, they threw it out. They threw out the case because they said there's nothing there's nothing here the Biden administration and the FBI swarm upon Mark's house saying well, you broke federal law and they're talking about the face act the freedom of entrance to clinic entr- freedom of access to clinic entrances which says you can't physically intimidate or obstruct anyone going in for reproductive services mark didn't do that this this guy wasn't going in for reproductive services so this would have been a um, a very unhelpful expansion of the face law, an application of it that would have then just intimidated and threatened a lot of other people. This, of course, is what the pro-abortion side wants, and the pro-abortion industry in America has the Democrat Party right in its pocket. To use a a phrase from from the uh, often comical... uh, senator john kennedy from uh, louisiana if you take the abortion industry turn them upside down and shake them the democrat party would fall out of his pocket these people are they are in league with one another as tight as any people can be the democrat party the abortion industry have practically become synonymous so, of course, the FBI arrives at the home of this peaceful pro-life advocate in order to intimidate the whole movement. They didn't even really care. You know what I, I know? What I venture to say? They didn't even really care about the outcome of this case. They accomplished their goal the very first day. The intimidation. You go out there and pray. Now, praying outside of an abortion facility? And counseling those who are going in for their abortion to tell them that there are alternatives is constitutionally protected activity. The Supreme Court has told all of us we can do this activity. Yes, pay attention to local norms or specific provisions that might be in place in that particular town or city. But the activity in and of itself is constitutionally protected. And that has been affirmed again and again by the Supreme Court. Thomas Moore Society, we've had Peter Breen on this program. They defended Mark. He was acquitted in court. Let me show you a little bit, a couple, of, just a couple of minutes of the, the uh, informal press conference that was held outside the courtroom when, uh, when he came out, together with Peter Breen of the Thomas Moore Society. Let's watch.
1: Our next speaker is the founder and executive director of Texas Alliance for Life, My dear friend and someone who is championing the fight for life in Texas, Dr. Joe Poiman.
2: Hello, everybody. I saw some people from West Texas here. Can you raise your hand? West Texas? Yes. Okay. I know we promised you rain. We promised to rain, and next time we'll do better, but thanks for being here. Well, we do live in a remarkable state in an incredible moment in history. On Friday, June 24th, the United States Supreme Court handed down its much-anticipated opinion and overturned Roe v. Wade. After nearly half a century, states can finally protect mothers and unborn babies from the tragedy of abortion, an unmitigated victory. Now, each day, the sun rises in Beaumont, goes overhead, and sets in El Paso, and all abortion facilities have ceased performing abortions. <laughs> Texas is well prepared for this moment. First, the state's pre row laws protecting unborn babies from abortion first passed in, anybody know, 1854 immediately went back into effect and the abortion providers were shocked. Two years ago, the Texas legislature passed and Governor Abbott signed into law several substantial measures to protect unborn babies from abortion and support women with unplanned pregnancies. The Texas Heartbeat Act resulted in a 40 to 50% drop in abortions across our state. The legislature also passed and Governor Abbott signed House Bill 1280, the Human Life Protection Act to completely protect unborn babies, beginning at conception. That law, that law went into effect last August and you sometimes hear it called the trigger law. Well, the Human Life Protection Act is the last stake in the heart in the abortion industry and that is what it's designed to do. It makes performing an abortion a first-degree felony offense, 99 years in prison. Second, the Attorney General can bring a fine of at least $100,000 for any violators. Does anyone here doubt that pro-life Attorney General Ken Paxton would hesitate to defend unborn babies? Third, the law requires the mandatory loss of the medical license of a doctor, nurse, or pharmacist who participates in an illegal abortion. CVS, Walgreens, don't even think about it. It's highly illegal and you will be stopped. Now, you're gonna find this very interesting. Anybody heard the New York-based abortion advocacy organization, Guttmacher Institute? They issued a report decrying that all 23 abortion facilities in in Texas have stopped performing abortions, including the nine in Houston, the three in San Antonio, three in Dallas, two in Fort Worth, three in Austin, McKinney, McAllen, El Paso, all 23, they're done. Legal abortion is done. The abortion industry that does, has done so much harm to mothers and babies is crushed. It is done. Like all abortions in Texas, women on whom abortions are performed cannot be prosecuted or fined. That's not what this is about. All our laws, also our laws do not prosecute for the treatment of a miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, or other procedures to save the mother's life. As Governor Abbott has said, the law is protecting unborn babies' lives and it's protecting mother's lives. Now, listen to this. Reported abortions, elective abortions, completely ceased from 2,500 a month to zero. But there's been a very small number of abortions to save the life of the mother. That's the way the law is intended to work. For example, August There were three, and that means the abortion uh, abortion exception, the emergency exception uh, provision is working. And the law protects precious babies conceived in the tragedy of a rape or incest or with life-limiting conditions. There is no reason to change our laws. Now, two years ago, the legislature appropriated vast funds to assist low-income women, especially women with unplanned pregnancies. The legislature and the governor appropriated $100 million towards the highly successful Alternatives to Abortion program. The program provides free services for women with unplanned pregnancies to assist them in carrying the baby to term, giving birth, and placing the baby for adoption or keeping the baby at some 200 sites across the state. Services continue for three years after the birth of the child. Also, $2.4 billion for pregnant women with incomes up to twice the federal poverty level to pay for childbirth, uh, prenatal care, postnatal care. It pays, Texas pays for more than half of all the births in the state of Texas. And hundreds of privately funded nonprofit and church organizations provide programs for pregnant women and their unborn babies before and long after birth. Are there any pro-lifers out there who care only about babies until birth? Raise your hand. I'm not seeing any hands. No, they don't exist. All of this makes me so proud. Proud of our governor. Proud of the Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick. Proud of Speaker Dave Phelan, all so pro-life. Our legislature. and. The pro-life movement let's continue to make texas a state in which abortion is entirely unthinkable and where everyone from conception to natural death is protected and thrives thank you
0: so i'm grateful to these men uh, men of god uh, men uh, who are uh, patriots grateful to them for uh, their steadfastness, their fidelity, their commitment to life. And I'm grateful for yours too. Let's pray now as we do on this program. We don't just comment on the news. We pray over the news. Let's do that now. And we want to include all your prayer intentions. So let us know what it is that you need us to pray for. And uh, we'll all do that together. Father, we, we turn our thoughts, first of all, to Texas. We thank you for For Governor Greg Abbott, for the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and the Attorney General and pro-life legislators and the pro-life people. We thank you, Lord, for the great accomplishments that, that they have achieved in defending the unborn, in stopping the abortion industry in its tracks throughout the state of Texas. Bless these lawmakers, bless these elected officials. Bless those uh, uh, pro-life groups that work with them, the statewide groups that have worked with them on the legislation. Bless those who have been enforcing this legislation. Bless all the citizens of Texas for the role that they have played in making uh, this state uh, one of those that that leads the way for the rest of the nation in showing us how we must respond to the violence of abortion, and that is to to eradicate it. Lord, we pray for all those moms uh, tempted to have abortions. May the law that prevents them from doing so in Texas not lead them to go to New Mexico or go to some other state to get their abortion, but rather... May it lead them, Lord God, under the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, to stop, to think, to reconsider, and to reach out their hand to your grace, to say no to violence and to say yes to life. Thank you, Lord, for the thousands of lives that have been saved, thousands. Praise you, Lord, that each moment of each of those lives is precious to you and is a human person fulfilling his or her vocation. What what a glorious reality this is. And Lord, our thoughts and prayers turn to Mark Houck and his family. And we thank you for his pro-life activism and witness over the years. And we thank you for those that pray and counsel with him at that abortion facility. And we thank you for all those across America who take a stand and come out to these places of death and stand as witnesses to your gospel of life. Who come to these places where women go, not because of freedom of choice, but because they feel they have no freedom and no choice. Places where they go because of despair. Bless the people that go there to be signs of hope. Bless those, Lord, that go to these places because they feel isolated and let them see the people who represent the Christian community. Let fellowship replace isolation. Let joyful assistance replace the deadly, desperate reliance on violence. Thank you, Lord, for this victory. Bless the legal team. Bless the Thomas More Society and Peter Breen and, and Tom Brecka and all the the key attorneys that have helped bring this victory about. Bless all of us as we serve you and as we serve your kingdom of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. And we pray in the, na- in the words now that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll continue to spread the word about this program. Continue to follow me on social media. I'm at FR Frank Pavone and uh, Right Side Broadcasting. You might want to check them out too at RSB Network. We're thankful to Getter for carrying our broadcasts all the time, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.